0: Yeah, I keep forgetting my mom listens to this until my mom sends me messages about the episode you just listened to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No one in my real life knows about this. There's so many reasons. I was
2: hanging out with my dad friends on Sunday night, and I forget. Oh, I was just, I think I was talking about the Jordan Peterson podcast, and I don't remember what I brought up, but they then brought up something that I'd revealed in my personal background episode they're like oh yeah you like blah 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 I was like huh but when did we talk about that and then I realized oh yeah you guys are listening to hours of my conversations when I'm not around it's is weird
0: Welcome to Wayward, episode 13. This is Kent. This is Zeb. And this is Mark. And today we're speaking with my neighbor and friend, uh, Temidayo Akinsanya, a Reformed seminarian and an immigrant from Nigeria, about his experiences and the work that he's been doing with his fellow West African immigrants in our local community, fostering conversations about intentional Christianity and negotiating his Christian and national identity. How are you, Temi?
3: I am doing well.
0: It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. So would you mind telling us about where you grew
3: up and sort of the trajectory of your life up until now and what you do now? Yeah, sure. Well, as you've mentioned, I'm an immigrated from West Africa, particularly Nigeria. Spent the first uh, 11 years of my life in Nigeria, and I've been in the United States for the past Fourteen years. Currently, seminary, as you mentioned earlier, part time at Reformed Theological Seminary down in Virginia. Yeah, so that's that's a little bit about me. I, you know, got my undergrad from Morgan State, and currently working full time as well.
0: How would you characterize Christianity in Nigeria in general? Um, In general,
3: yeah. If you asked me this question two weeks ago, uh, (laughs) I would have given you a different response than what i would give you today okay. two weeks ago i would have told you that christianity nigeria while it's it's there it lacks it lacks a lot of things uh, you know there's a big emphasis on prosperity gospel there's a big emphasis on the gift of the spirit a big emphasis on on uh, on healings and the miraculous giftings but today what i would my response would be all of that And also that the Lord is doing a wonderful thing in Nigeria, in a particular region. He's raising up men and women that care about the Scriptures and want people to know the real Jesus. So it's sort of a it's it's sort of a uh, it's two strands, you know. You have in the south where, if you're familiar with Nigeria, there is a growing terrorism that's go you know that's developing in Nigeria, particularly in the northern region. So in another region is where, ironically, the reform tradition is growing. is coming is is coming about. And in the southern part, where there's freedom, yet you know, prosperity isn't great. People are still you know trying to make it day to day. But there isn't the the fear of being attacked for your faith. But and it is in that area where there's a major in, influx of prosperity, teachings, health, and wealth gospel, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, so why do you think it is that the prosperity gospel and the Pentecostalism with the gifts of the Spirit have been so big in Nigeria?
3: That's a good question, um, and I'm not sure if the answer to that is simple, and I'm always wary of simple answers to complex questions. Sure. But uh, one thing I would say is evident would be the the plight of the people. You don't fi- I don't think you would find prosperity, gospel, in the health and wealth gospel in the in region where people are prospering financially. I don't think you will because they don't need God for that. They've already worked hard to earn their financial success. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. so in, an, in an area where poverty uh, is prevalent, it's easy for people to accept that there is a God who can make their situation better. And, and, and that is normal to the human person. Every human wants a relief from their circumstance, especially if it's a hard circumstance. The health, wealth, gospel give an opportunity to find that relief from their poverty.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I worked in a homeless shelter in Philadelphia, and the health and wealth and prosperity gospel thing was really popular among the men in the shelter, which was a surprise to me at the time. But that makes sense with what you're saying. Yeah.
0: So you're, you're in seminary currently, I you're on track to become a pastor, that's your goal?
3: So far, that is my desire, okay. um, but of course the Lord is in charge.
0: Of course. Um, I know currently you have kind of a role of community leadership in the, the West African community, uh, our local community, is that right? That is correct. So what have you been doing? You, you've been hosting discussions on Christianity yeah. and African culture, so yes, what, sir. could you talk a little bit about that, what, what that looks like and what your goal is, what your project is?
3: Yeah, definitely. It's, I'm also an intern at my church, a pastoral intern. So this undertaking that, I, that I'm that i doing is as a dual goal. The first goal is to, is to bring about Africans, particularly West Africans, but Africans from different countries to talk about some of the major cultural issues that exist in our culture and how to process them as believers and the other goal is for the non-Africans within my church within my church for them to come and learn about a culture that is different from theirs uh, for them to be exposed to a different experience it's a four-part series the first one we talked about African marriage and the Christian faith now uh, the second one which we did a couple of weeks ago we talked about African immigration and the Christian faith. Uh, the third event, which will be coming up in September, will be dealing with African sorcery and the Christian faith. And the last event which we plan to have in December will deal with the the, the African cultural good and the Christian faith. So those those are the issues. The first three obviously are the major cultural issues that we want to deal with. And the last one is to look at what is good in our culture that can, that can help to inform our Christianity. Because I am convinced that our faith is not devoid of our culture. So while we may talk about the Bible being important, uh, as it, within that our culture affects how we worship God. Whether we stand when we pray or whether we pray really, really loudly. When we're praying or whether we dance when we're in church so our cultural norms affect affects our, how we go about our Christian faith so the last event the cultural good is to say what is good about our, our culture that can help um, not inform but help uh, supplement our Christianity but how can we be Africans and still be Christians without feeling the need to compromise one or the other
0: sure so real quick, tell me you're referring to Africans. Yeah. Do you feel that there is quite a bit of overlap in the experiences amongst immigrants from different African countries that you can talk about Africa in this way?
3: Yeah, I would say so. I think uh, generally there is a common experience b- between you know, Africans in general, particularly when you're talking about West Africans. Of course, you know you don't want to paint a broad brush and say everyone has the exact same experience, sure. but for the most part there is a consistency. And I think, I think it's no different from, you know, when you look at Western culture, you can talk about Western culture sure. with a general mm-hmm. language where, you know, there may be particularities with different Western countries, but there is also a, a big general conclusions that you can make.
0: Sure. So tell me, if you were to name maybe two or three significant ways in which West African culture, the culture that you were raised in differs from Western culture or the culture of white Americans, what would they be?
3: Christian or not, there is a there's a there's an emphasis on community in uh, in Africa, uh, whether that's West Africa or, or South Africa or East Africa. There is a emphasis on community, whereas here in a Western culture, uh, whether it's United States or France, there's an emphasis on on uh, individuality individualism. Uh, you know, doing beyond person. So that that is a difference. Another difference. I would say is the perhaps contentment there's a lot of good things in Africa a lot of really good things but at the same time there is there are also a lot of poverty in different countries yet people don't find their joy in in things um, they don't find their joy their purpose of existence in, in their possessions in, I mean, in how big of a house they can buy whereas there in the United States you know, the car you drive is the sign of your, what makes who you are. Uh, or just focusing a lot on the material possessions, um, letting those things be what makes you happy. Those would be two, two, two differences. I mean, but not that's not to say that people in Africa don't care about material things. They do, but in general, uh, you will find people to be happy, even though they don't have a lot. So, I'm not sure if that answers your question. So, that, that's, that's oh, yeah, what I absolutely. would say.
2: Can you tell us a little about how community is defined in Nigeria, where you're from? Is it primarily about family or about living in the same area or about the church you go to or all of these or what?
3: It's all of that. Yeah. In the community, is all of that. It's your family, it's uh, your neighbors, it's, it's your church. It's to some extent, even your, your school system. Most African kids would probably can tell you but time when in school they got in trouble and they got beaten by the teacher and they got home and the parents congratulated the teacher for doing for doing that, you know, the parents spoke well of the teacher, uh, you know, for, for beating the child because they believe that's a sense of discipline and that the teacher would have never beaten the child if the child had done nothing wrong. So that's how community is defined.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's almost kind of a sense of solidarity between figures of authority in that way. Whereas in the U.S., I think that there's probably more animosity in a lot of cases, that a lot of teachers feel animosity from parents or feel pressure for parents to, you know, almost act as surrogate parents in the exact way that they would prefer. Yeah. That there's yeah. more kind of solidarity across institutions. That's really interesting.
3: Yeah. And, I mean, the church is definitely an integral part of, of the community. Most people have their friends, you know, that's where when, when in time of need you know the church is able to be there for you as a source of comfort you know but of course you know there's a negative in the sense that you know that's that's where all your all your garbage would be exposed to, mm-hmm. you know
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah so so that's probably, probably their colleagues at work maybe may also you know belong to the same church community
2: so tell me, for the african immigrants who come to america i mean what you talked about community and non-materialism are two ideals that we all, I mean, the three of us, are interested in striving for and a lot of Christians who are taking their faith seriously are interested in those ideals. Do you find that for African immigrants there's a lot of temptation to adopt the American attitude of individualism and of materialism and be taken away from that cultural background?
3: I think it's inevitable if they would spend their time here because the reality is you become What you surround yourself with. So there is still that emphasis on community, you know, that they try to stick with. First generation uh, Africans who come here, they there's a big attempt to stick with their kind. So that's there, but I think it's not as it would be back home uh, because of the way the culture is in this country, is that it it calls for some some sort of individualism, right? Mm-hmm. For materialism, you know, you see, I mean, it's all over the TV, <laughs> and so you can't but fall into that trap as well. Because mind you, in Africa, it's not as though they have an option, right? It's not as it's not as though there is this. There's a plethora of wealth on this side, but people choose to not affiliate themselves with those wealth. There is nothing. So, so rather than live in despair, you know, they they don't let their joy or their their mood be dependent on what they don't have but once you come to the united states there's a lot of things for you to have if you can't afford it you put it under credit right ah. so it's inevitable that you would become trapped materialism and also you know developing a sense of uh, individualism which which in itself is not it's not bad but you know it can be
0: So sort of dovetailing on that, from what I've seen of the notes from your discussions, one of the major challenges you've identified to living um, Christianity in West African communities is one that we as Catholic Orthodox Christians, which the three of us are, are probably pretty familiar with, which is the use of the church as a community center or a social club. So would you describe sort of unique challenges associated with a kind of nominal belonging to Christian churches?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge um nominal belonging equates i got a spot in heaven uh nominal belonging equates you know i can do anything with my life as long as god is acknowledged it creates an an atmosphere where godliness and in the pursuit of righteousness is not emphasized or is ignored you know so so that, that that's the that's the challenge with uh with nominal belonging mm-hmm
0: when you talk to members of your community uh, about these questions, what do you generally prescribe? How do you um, suggest that they, they think about their membership in their church communities? What kind of shifts in their thinking do you generally advocate?
3: As a Reformed Christian, as a you know, Protestant, I think it starts with recognizing the essence of the gospel, uh, understanding why is, what does it mean to, to be a Christian. Uh, what does it mean to belong to God's you know to belong to God to be a part of God's kingdom and I think you know one should dig down to those questions and the scriptures is, is examined the conclusion is that it, it means that one uh, actually pursues a life that is worthy of, uh, of their calling uh, a life that reflects the character and the and the nature of, of Christ um so so you can't do that and, and, and not belong uh, to a church you can't do that and not uh, and and be a nominal believer uh, because it requires that your daily living be devoted to the Lord Jesus so so I think those are some of the things I, 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 uh, I attempt to get them to to understand uh, the, what does it mean to be a believer you know why do you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ and to what end do you believe it? And and if you do believe it, you know, what is your responsibility? Uh, what is the response that, that it draws out of you?
0: So we touched on earlier um, the subject of folk religion or uh, West African sorcery as um, an issue to be confronted in your community. I know that your wife has told me that her family background was heavily syncretic, or at least they sort of nominally belonged to a Baptist church, but also... Um, were reliant on the practices of, of their folk religion. Could you give us a little bit of a primer on West African folk religion or sorcery, sort of what the beliefs and practices are, and how it remains tenaciously in nominally Christian communities?
3: So, I mean, yeah, sorcery is a it's, it's a major part of of African life, and it's not just restricted to African life. I think you know it's a major part of uh, ancient the ancient Near Eastern. Uh, uh, regions sure. you know you look in the Bible you see you know sorceries is evident you know sure. that Egyptians um, you know the Persians uh, it's, it's there um, so it's you know for Africa uh, it's a way of life for for some particularly dealing with using it as a means of retribution against those whom you perceive to be your enemies. Or using it as a as a means to further your your life as a, as a, you know your your financial life, but just your, your aspirations, using it to benefit yourself. And, and it's you know it finds its way in the in the Christian community because you know folks still look to it as a means to get what they need, and that's because that within the African religion there is no there is no monotheism. Mm-hmm. right you know there are many gods so so it's easy to to, to be a Christian if you ra- if you're raised up in that background to be a Christian and and still dabble into you know synchristic religions because to, you know all the gods are the same and so so that so that that's what I would say and and if, if I may also add uh, while there are Christians who don't practice it, It has no doubt taken upon a life of its own within the church, but in a Christian way. So rather than go to the, to the, what we call the arbalist or the, the sorcery man, the witchcraft individual, rather than go to them to solve all your problems, you go to the pastor. Mm. Uh, The pastor is the, is the man that, that hears from God. Uh, The the pastor is the man that can, that, that has a relationship with God that you, that you can't have, so so you go to the man and you say, hey, I got a problem. Pray to God to help me fix my problem. You know, so so then the Christianity becomes get get out of jail free card, so to speak, and then the pastor is the one who has the powers mm-hmm. to make all things new, which in a sense is no is no different from sorcery, uh, but just you know, obviously a Christian version.
0: So are you suggesting that there's maybe a link between the prosperity gospel that you were discussing earlier yep, yep. and and sorcery?
3: Yeah. Th- That's th- really there's, interesting. There's a link, you know, uh, yeah, I would say so. And, 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 it's, and it's not unique to just Africa. I think when you look around, even here in the United States, aspect of the so- secular, so to speak, culture that... That are evident within the Christian church. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I give I give you an example. You know, in the South, a lot of white Americans they care so much about their their Southern heritage, the Confederacy, that the that they consider it to be Christian. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. You
3: know that it, it's, if you deny the Confederate flag, you're denying your Christian faith. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I think prosperity gospel, at least in, in this country, it seems to be pretty clear syncretism between Christianity and sort of unchecked capitalism. And the way that, yeah. you know, the, the successes you know, of all, of all of these things is entirely based on your material um, prosperity. And we also have a similar thing with the get out of jail free card, because it's pretty much guaranteed that like, if any major athlete gets caught doing something really bad, drugs, Punching his girlfriend, any of these sorts of things, guaranteed the next time he comes out to the press, he'll have found Jesus, and you know he'll find he'll find some pastor. We like, yep, yeah, he's a good boy. Um, I checked, and you know it's it's so yeah. I mean, we we certainly have a similar, um, we we certainly at least have a strain of the social side of Christianity that plays a similar role here. Yeah,
0: yeah. So how do you respond to those impulses? in an immigrant community in the United States what's your teaching method or what's your how do you preach the, the gospel in that context
3: yeah that, that, that's a really good question really good question and I think one of the 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 ways to do that is my my personal thought there must be a lot of focus in the Old Testament Africans naturally gravitate to the Old Testament think them well you know you look at the scriptures Jesus Christ On on the road to Emmaus, in the when he was walking with two individuals, and the scripture said that he explained himself,
4: Mm
3: -hmm. um, starting from Moses through the prophets. Mm -hmm. So, so I think helping people to understand the proper context of the Old Testament and helping them to see Jesus in it, helping them to see that even within this syncretistic religion, you know, in the Old Testament. Uh, There is an expectation that God had for his people and 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 God would not be mocked and God is Emphasizing his uniqueness and and he alone is to be honored. So I think uh, Talking about that helps to to push the gospel to the forefront Well, and obviously you you know, you're you're led to to the New Testament and to Jesus Christ So, So I think the Old Testament is critical you see here in here in the United States um, I mentioned earlier about our culture, influence, how we do, our Christianity. Here in the United States, there's a lot of emphasis on the New Testament and, and on Paul, right? Uh, mm-hmm. we, 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 talk about, we talk about that a lot. Your average Christian does not read the Old Testament. They mm-hmm. read the New Testament. Uh, whereas, if you go to Africa... People read the New Testament, but they also read the Old Testament, perhaps with more emphasis, and that's because they 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 are more they are drawn more to that culture that, that they see in the Old Testament.
2: I'm going to be the average American Christian here, Tammy, and ask you. Um, you know, Paul, when he was preaching to the Greeks, told them that the God that they knew who was the God with no name was the God that Jesus was the Son of and the Incarnation of. And he made the point to the Greeks that their pagan religion was fulfilled in some ways, and in some ways predicted, or uh, was preparation for Christianity. Are there ways that you find the pre-Christian African religious traditions and practices to be sort of preparatory for receiving Christianity? Aspects of them that maybe were pointing to it, or leading to it, or anticipating it, that you can use to um, inflame the African person's spirituality and faith with with the Christian gospel.
3: Um. Yeah, I would say so. I think I think it's the same same way that Paul did it. I think you know, as you mentioned, Paul's point. You know, they had an unknown God there, and of course, you know, as you as you know, the Greeks. They, you know, they, they believe in multiple gods, so they just had one there just in case, uh, they, <laughs> they missed one. And Paul said, you know, this one that you don't know about is actually the creator of the universe. So I think in that same sense, we can say that as we practice other synchristic religions, we are, we are admitting that there is a God. Um, now, is the God the thing we've created, or is God that which did the creating, so it is in that way that I, that I can say, you know, it's 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 a it's a preparation for Christianity, if I can use that word as you've used it. It's helping them to see that your your disposition to worship is actually cause there is a God who has put in you that disposition, and so while you while you want you want to worship so bad that you begin to create things and then proceed to worship them, you can actually worship that one which you cannot create.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Are there any of the practices, any of the pre-Christian practices and like sorcery and that kind of thing that you think can be maintained or retained, I guess, for somebody who is really adopting a full Christian outlook? And maybe recast as merely therapeutic, or even thought of as you know, herbal healing is something that yeah. you know Western people <laughs> do, thinking that it's scientific and it may have some scientific basis. So yeah. that the so that Africans don't have to necessarily give up 100% of those old practices, but just view them in a Christian light instead of in a, a paganistic light.
3: Yeah, I think there's a difference in using nature as a means of healing and using nature. As a means to worship or, or worship in nature, so
4: mm.
3: it's okay to take a particular type of leaves and blend it and drink it, or take a particular type of leaves and you know wrap it around your leg or something that you believe would would uh, would bring about healing. I think that where the error comes would be when we attribute power into those objects from other gods. When we believe that God A can enable these leaves or or this this particular item to do particular things, so I think that that's where the error would be. But for the most part, you look at scriptures. You know, when the Ephesians when they accepted the gospel, Paul said that they they burnt the Ephesians and the Thessalonians. They burnt all their magic books, all their sorcery books. They did away with all was involved in their old way of worship and I think that's the key word is worship we do away with the old way of worshiping because we've been worshiping the false god and we turn to the true God however we are still dealing with cultures in Africa still have a culture that must not be eliminated because they're they're now Christians So, so when we're dealing with cultures they can still embrace aspect of their cultures That does not involve the worshipping of other gods. Mm.
0: So we've talked about some distinctive challenges to integrating or negotiating Christian faith with African culture. I was hoping we could talk about some unique opportunities that African culture provides. You know, I think a lot of us in the West, uh, we have a very long history of Christianity. And for people of our generation, it's almost totally unintelligible to them. They lack the language for it completely. They lack any experience of worship. They lack any kind of real experience in that worldview. It's, it's, it's illegible to them. Do you think that there are distinctive ways in which African culture renders the Christian faith intelligible to people?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, dependence on God, um, I think that is very, very, very important. That's a good thing within the African culture, or African Christianity that, that Westerners would do well to learn from, you know, because we have everything here, right? We don't, we not We're not going to bed wondering what we're gonna eat in the morning. Most of the time, we have food in the fridge, and we wonder, and we say, "Oh, I have nothing to eat." So, so I think there is a, there's a, there's a dependence on God. There's a, if, even for those that are that that are well-to-do, there, there's an acknowledgement that that God is in charge, and and I think that makes it accessible. That is something that is different from Western. Uh, Christianity, or at least from Western culture. The acknowledgement, the dependence on God, and the acknowledgement of God. Um, You know, knowing no one doubts the existence of God, Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. You know, most folk are religious, uh, whether that's Islam, Christianity, or whether that's even sorcery. There's an aspect of religion in in every person, generally speaking. So so, So there's an acknowledgement that there is a God, there is something beyond what we have, um, beyond what I see in front of me.
2: And do you think that there's anything that the African immigrant experience or cultural background has to offer to American Christians, I mean, Americans who have been here for generations, anything that we could learn by getting to know the African immigrant church?
3: Yeah, the dependence on God, the devotion to to prayer, that is something that, that African tradition, African church does well. Those two things I would say are, are critical. Uh, the community, you know, community aspect of the church, caring for each other and wanting to be with each other. I think that would, uh, that again would be another key part.
0: Alright, Timmy. Well, we really appreciate you joining us this evening. It's been really interesting mm. and, uh, and really good to get to know your experience and, and what you've gleaned from the experience of, of your neighbors. And I, I look forward to your next meeting. Uh, if you'll have me, I'd love to join you. And, uh, yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, uh, the, the door is open.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. I'm certain there's a lot to learn.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you very much, guys. I Absolutely. appreciate talking to you.
0: You have a wonderful evening.
3: Thank you. You do the same. Thank you. Good night.
0: Good night. Satan, your kingdom must come down. Satan, your kingdom must come down. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Satan. Kingdom must come
4: down. I'm going to
0: pray till I tear your kingdom down, kingdom down. Pray till I tear your kingdom down. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Satan, your kingdom must come down. I will shout till I tear your kingdom down, shout till I tear your kingdom down. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Satan, your kingdom must come down.